Welcome back for episode 24 of Self-Signed Artist. For most musicians, social media strategy looks a lot like throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. Today we want to give you one actual, concrete, step-by-step strategy to help you use social media for promotion. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kobe Nelson, and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Jake Mannix. Hello, hello. How's it going, Jake? It's been a few episodes now since... We haven't had a guest on. I know. I feel like we've skipped out on talking to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you been good? It's been a little bit. I've been all right. How have you been? Been doing all right. Just doing a lot of working, lots of fun stress at work. So mm-hmm. it's good to do something else other than that. <laughs> yeah. So this week we're talking about social media. And I I know for listeners out there, it's, it's, it's one of those over-talked about topics across all platforms. I don't know. If you go on YouTube podcasts, blogs, whatever. It's the thing that everybody is always covering. And I think most of them are saying the same sorts of generic things. A lot of them will say like, just post engaging content or interact with your followers. And I mean, that that's one that we've even been slightly guilty of here too on this podcast mm-hmm. when we've talked about social media. And I think all those things are true and stuff that you should do, but it's sort of it's sort of an abstract thing and, and not really all that actionable. And, and I think that's part of the reason that I've been reluctant to talk about social media so far on this podcast, at least as a topic for a full episode. And like I said, we've talked about it here and there in relation to other topics. But for me, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, Jake. I feel like we've had a conversation about this at some point. But like, to be honest, I don't really feel like I'm an expert on social media. Yeah. Yeah, me either. Yeah. It, frankly, for me and my business, it's actually not that big of a part of my personal business. So I have an Instagram and a Facebook for my business, but those are kind of like auxiliary parts of the whole thing, of the whole business. Like I'm a mix engineer. So I don't know if you think about it, Instagram's not the best marketing tool for mixing i don't really think or i haven't found a way to make it a really great marketing tool like when an artist needs somebody to mix a song or their album or whatever i don't think that many people are going to instagram to find that person to find a mixer you know like do do you go to instagram for that no dude i think it's so hard to find mix work period because it's all, in my experience at least, it's it's mostly word of mouth because you have to trust. Right. Yeah. It's it's people talking to their friends or maybe they're like Googling mix engineer in whatever state or whatever that they're in. Or they're like looking at credits on releases that they know about and they like the sound of. I've, I've had a, a couple people stumble across my Instagram and reach out through that. Or I don't know, there's probably been some people too that have found me through some other way and then recognized my name from Instagram. 
but it's really not a huge part of my business in the first place. So social media isn't driving people to me. So I haven't really gone into it as much as I maybe should have, especially for us to to cover it here. For me, again, it goes back to my website, which we've talked about, kobynelson.com, K-O-B-Y-N-E-L-S-O-N.com <laughs> <laughs> for a, an absolutely shameless plug. And honestly, actually, for me, I think this podcast is probably just as big of a part or maybe even a bigger part of my personal marketing than my Instagram. And I don't have a, a Twitter account or a TikTok account or really anything else. What else is there? There's got to be more stuff. Now I can't even think of social media <laughs> platforms. <laughs> MySpace? <laughs> I probably still have a MySpace somewhere. What about you, Jake, though? Like, how how big of a role do you think social media plays in either of your businesses, either your studio business or your artist business? Well, Instagram plays a pretty big role in my business because a lot of times I'm getting tagged on artists releases like I work with a lot of hip hop artists so people are releasing like nearly every day you know what I mean not the same artist but someone I work with is like always releasing there's mm. usually a release coming out so I'm getting tagged and and people see that and hit the artists up and say you know who who did you record with who mixes your stuff or they they see me get tagged and say yo I saw you did this thing whatever but I don't get that on Twitter I don't get I pr I I keep I keep pretty much everything off of Facebook. I don't even know why I have a Facebook. But yeah, I would say it's a pretty crucial part to the mixing. And for when you say the either business, you're saying like the, the artist like songs. Right. For trying to connect with new fans or, or anything like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think it's crucial. I think it's crucial. I'm not good at it. Matter <laughs> of fact, I, I, ha I don't have any social media on my phone right now, period. Um <laughs> But I don't think, I don't know. I'm in the same boat as you. It's like I see things and sometimes I understand them and I get why they work. And I'm like, oh, that's smart. That's smart. Sort of like our topic today. But like leaving me to figure out how to do one of those things on my own or come up with one of these strategies on my own. Yeah, right. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I guess we should probably backpedal a little bit. So we've now we've established ourselves as fully ignorant on the topic of social media <laughs> And everybody's now leaving. <laughs> why are we even talking about this in the first place? So I guess we should we should have probably led with the good stuff and then told people about how we're morons and suck at social media at the end. <laughs> but I guess at this point, the damage is done. So let's regroup a little bit and talk about why we're actually making this episode. So this past week, Jake sent me a TikTok, texted it to me, and it was about social media marketing and it's it's actually from another podcast i don't remember the name of the podcast do you remember no let me pull it up quick though because we should shout them out yeah and when i saw it it kind of blew my mind and it blew jake's mind as well and it's really just a simple strategy for getting more publicity that i don't it got my mind turning like crazy with little variations that you could put on it to make it a great tool for musicians in general, kind of regardless of platform too, which I thought was really interesting. So Jake, when you find that, let us know who it is, what the, the name of the podcast was, and then give us a rundown of what the strategy is at its core. It's called Content is King. 
So it's a social media, it's a, uh, a podcast about social media and social media marketing, really. Yeah. So what this person did is they had, I think it was a song that they wanted to promote. And instead of going out there and finding one big social media influencer to say, yo, shout my song out and let's get some, let's get some tweets going. Let's get some hype going around it on Twitter. You know, instead of them paying that one person, let's say a hundred bucks to do that. Instead, what they did is they paid a social media influencer, something like, I don't know, 50 bucks, and then use the other 50 to pay smaller influencers, five, $10 to retweet the tweet from the bigger social media influencer. Did I break that down? I mean, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. So they didn't choose one big person or even like five big people or 10 medium-sized people to just like tweet all the same content. It, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. They took these smaller influencers and had them retweet the tweet created by the slightly larger influencer, which I think is like absolutely genius. And right. the key, the key here is that what the result of that was is that they got like millions and millions. I think that he said like 40 million. <laughs> yeah. A crazy amount. Yeah. They, they got, they reached like 40 million people or something like that. Something just absolutely ridiculous. So that got both of us thinking about where that could go next and what that could look like and and why that was really a better strategy than having five medium or five large influencers just tweet about your song release or something like that. And I think if we break it down and look at how it actually works... It really comes back to something that we've talked about before. It comes back to the idea of social proof, I think. So when people are out there seeing something that's been retweeted by an influencer that they're familiar with, and it's a retweet of something by a bigger influencer, right there, that shows that there's some value in whatever that content is. It shows that there was a bigger influencer who thought it was worthy of a tweet and then there were smaller influencers who thought that person's tweet was worthy of a retweet so you already have this layer of social proof the first time you come across it as like a consumer of the content just out there on twitter or whatever it is right so i think that's super super powerful and super super smart and i don't think i've ever heard of anybody doing something quite like that like i've heard of marketing through social media influencers and paying people to either create a post for you or even paying somebody to like retweet one of your posts. I I think I've heard of that type of thing too, but this is like one extra step that I really think adds the element that makes something able to become viral content. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like an algorithm hack at the same time because the the algorithm is seeing that there's an influencer out there who has a lot of followers and that they they post something and it gets some traction but it doesn't just get traction from their regular followers it gets traction from other influencers who have a lot of followers so it's it, it's sort of like a I don't know, it's almost like a pyramid scheme or <laughs> I, I I'm not exactly but like that same kind of idea it's like a trickle down type of thing to to get it out to the masses what what do you think are the downsides to that as a strategy? I mean, the obvious one is that in order to make that work, you're going to have to part with at least some money, right? 
I mean, you can you can pay as much as you want, but you're definitely going to have to pay some money. Right. But if you look at the potential benefits, especially for something like a song, if you're reaching millions and millions of people with those retweets, I mean, that's probably worth it in the long run for you if it costs you, say, $100 to make that actually happen. I don't know. I, at least I feel like that would be worth $100 to me. Do you feel like that would be worth it to you? Oh, yeah. Huge return. Because the you could make off of streaming, it's like exponential as long as the song's good. You know what I mean? Like that you could you could get a hit doing that. Right. Well, I, I think actually what you just said kind of points out the other potential downside. I don't know if it's technically, if you would technically consider it a downside, but you do have to have good content that you're starting with that whatever the original influencer is talking about creating a tweet about or, or something like that like this isn't going to work or it, it may work you may get millions and millions of people that see it but it's not going to actually work for you in your business and create fans obviously if it's like a garbage song right right so there's that element still that's i don't know if that's a downside obviously it's it's like what we've talked about in the first episode of this show like you you do need to have good music that's a requirement but at the same time there are all these other things that need to happen also in order for you to really be successful in music as your business so this is one of those things i think that could be a really great way to draw success to your business if you have that prerequisite of a really good song i guess this also maybe isn't the it's not something that you could do any time you know what i mean like i don't think this is a marketing strategy for social media that you can just like do on a whim right or even like obviously it's not going to be something that you're doing all the time this would be something that would be like focused around a specific release or something like that like if right. you just put out a new song that you're confident is good and has the potential to catch on i mean that's another that's another thing there there's i guess some potential risk in that because who's to say what has the potential to be successful in the end? You know, that's like the classic problem, predicting hits. You still have to be able to, to a certain degree, predict the hit right? and then implement the strategy at the right time. So it's, it's definitely not like a one size fits all, just do this and you'll be a superstar. But I still think it's a very, very interesting strategy oh yeah it could be could be very critical yeah if it happens at the right time i guess so if we're trying to actually implement this in an artist business i guess the first thing that you have to figure out once you have once you know what you're trying to promote the song is who are the influencers that you should reach out to right I think this actually brings us back to another TikTok that you sent me. I think it was this week also, maybe in the last thing uh, you sent me, uh, which was about a tool that you can use to find what your followers and like friends on Facebook and stuff like that, what types of content they're consuming. And it's called Think With Google, Find My Audience. Sounds so fake. <laughs> it does sound super, super fake. So it's this website called thinkwithgoogle.com and it's it's really meant i mean they they talk about 
taking your your marketing further with Google is kind of like their their tagline. So it's using the way people interact with Google to help you figure out who your audience is and what other things they're interested in. So I think that could be one way using a tool like that to find out what types of content your followers are consuming. That could be a way that you could find which influencers you should reach out to. So maybe like you're a musician, but obviously your fans and even your potential fans are going to have other things that they're interested in. So you can use your followers, plug it into this type of tool and see that, oh, your fans also are really into... Slayer. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Really into Slayer. You're a... You're a folk musician and all your all your followers are really into Slayer. I mean, that would be something that you would need a tool like this to figure out, I guess. But it could be anything. They're really into skiing. It could be any other interest. And then you can use that information to help you choose which influencers you reach out to to have either retweet the original tweet or whatever influencer posts the original tweet. Does that make sense? Yes. You're trying to tap into other interests that your f- potential fans might have so that they'll stumble across you and have a way to actually find you. So that's another thing. You've been sending me lots of lots of good TikToks lately, Jake. You Dude, as, as soon as I found that one, it was like it, like it just kept feeding me more and more and more and more to the point where it wasn't showing me any funny ones anymore. I was like, this sucks. I want to be honest. <laughs> now you're getting like all business stuff on TikTok. Yeah, it's. All marketing and business. How to build your business. How I made this amount. It's like, oh my gosh. I just want to see someone doing some weird stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, it's giving us podcast content. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's good for good for now. Do you have any opinion on like what would be a qualifier for the original person to create a tweet or something like that that you reach out to? The original influencer? Like, is it just about size, do you think? Or should they be the most specifically like related to you, kind of? I honestly have no idea, but I will say this. A few of the artists that I have worked with have reached out to influencers. And I will say that there is absolutely no standard rate. Mm. They can charge you whatever they feel like charging you. So don't get your heart set on one. Like yeah. <laughs> just ask a few, ask a few of all different sizes and see what the prices they give you are with a different, cause they'll give you options like a story post, a regular post, like a shout out, whatever, a tag and make sure you get all the details up front. Yeah. I, it's, it's the wild west. There's like, there's no standardized business model for this. Not at all. Like they can charge as much as they feel their influence is worth. And honestly, they can charge as much as you're willing to pay ultimately. Like that's what's creating the prices is how much are people willing to pay for a post for your influence? You know what I mean? And I'll say this, I'll say this. Don't go overboard on the, hey, I love your content so much because of all these reasons. And here's a huge paragraph for you to read. Get to it. Yeah, get to the point and get a rate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think if it was me, if I was going to go out and try this, I would probably try and choose the original poster, the influencer that's going to make the original post and have that person be the most related to like my broad audience. You know what I mean? Like the overall 
audience that I'm trying to reach. And then you can use the sort of secondary influencers who are reposting or retweeting and try and focus in on smaller areas of your audience, like specific interests that your audience might have. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where you kind of use it as like a way to branch out to a bunch of different communities of people that could potentially be your fans. But that original post kind of has to, I think, apply to everybody. Or otherwise, the social proof thing kind of breaks down. You know, you want everybody, you kind of want everybody who's seeing it to sort of at least be aware of who the original influencer is. That kind of adds to that social proof. I will say that's kind of tough, though. It is tough, yeah. Because in order for that to be the case, especially on Twitter, like Twitter is especially the Wild West when it comes to the internet. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. I I agree with you, but... Because I'm also trying to think of like, even in my own terms of like my own music, like, damn, who would I get? Who would, who could I get? And I mean, at the end of the day, like you're not going to find somebody who's going to work for your entire potential audience, you know, mm-hmm. like the perfect person for the entire potential audience. And if you could find that person, then you could probably skip out on the secondary retweets and stuff, you know, and just go with that one influencer if that's like if they have the exact audience that you're looking for, right. you just go with the one person. The retweets is kind of to cast a, a wider net, but also get more specific, more niche, niche down a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know if there's necessarily a right answer for who to choose for any of those things. And it, who knows? It, it may not even really matter. If your stuff is getting out to 40 million people, I don't know. Chances are there's going to be some people in there who if, if you if you get 10,000 fans out of that, that's still a pretty decent deal. Oh yeah. So, I don't know. I I guess the next question may even be a bigger issue and, and that's what should the content be that the original tweet is? Do you <sighs> think it should be a tweet made by the primary influencer? that kind of like shouts out your music or how, like how should you go about that? I think it depends for each case, Mm. but I don't think it should sound addy. Yeah, definitely. It should sound genuine. Genuine. Like, Hey, I really like this song and that's why I'm posting about it. Right. That should be the vibe. They don't have to say that. They should definitely not say that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like the best case scenario would be to have it actually be genuine. Like if you choose the original influencer, who's somebody who might actually enjoy your music. Yeah, exactly. Ultimately, if you're choosing the right demographic, then yeah. That should be the case. I mean, it's hard to say what any individual person right. is going to like. These people, you're also paying them. So it's it's kind of difficult to judge sometimes if they actually do like your stuff or if they're just hoping for a paycheck. But ultimately, that's kind of what you you want it to be sort of a genuine post or at least sound like a genuine post. One thing that I would say about whatever it should be is that whatever it is, it should be really, really easy for anybody who comes across it, even after it's been retweeted or whatever, they should know it's about you. Like it should be very, very clearly leading back to you. If it doesn't tell somebody exactly where to go to find you, or if they don't know how to like find whatever it's about, then it really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it's like just your name, like that 
might not be enough. Maybe it should be about a specific song because there are like artists out there who have similar names and stuff like that. It can be kind of tricky to narrow down unless you have enough information to do that. So I would just make sure it's specific enough that it will actually lead people back to you or it's kind of worthless, you know, like, and and maybe even on top of that, it should have some sort of call to action too. Like that's something we've talked about before, like telling the audience what they should do when they hear it, they're more likely to actually do it. So I don't know if it's, if it's somebody shouting you out and they say, go listen to this song on Spotify. Like that's a specific like call to action. I don't know how an influencer would go about crafting a a tweet that would incorporate that in a natural way. I almost disagree with that because if it says anything along the lines of like, go listen to this song on Spotify or- It starts to feel like an ad. They just have to be like, Oh, like they like that. It's like the social proof. Like, okay, I see it has the retweets. I see that this person likes it. Let me take a listen to whatever they just posted. Oh, I do like it. Oh, who's this artist? And then like, however you can get that in there, I think is the way. That's a good point. I it, That may just come down to who the influencer is and how they- Influence. Yeah, how, exactly. How they, How they do their thing. Yeah, let them do their thing. Right, yeah. Ask them what they want to do. That's fun. Yeah. So what it actually looks like could be anything. I do think, though, that if people don't know it's about you or like how to find you, then it's kind of a pointless thing because it's not going to actually lead to anything. And I think that it's better to have the influencer actually create the content. Oh, yeah. Big time. Like the temptation, I feel, for a lot of people would be to like, I don't know, you're going to message this person and like ask for this content to be put out and you're going to, I don't know, maybe put together a little like example of what type of thing it could be or something like that. I don't think that's a good way to go about it. No, like you, no. It's not going to be genuine if you're kind of putting words in the person's mouth. Because their followers have to buy it. Exactly. Their followers have to be like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. As much as you can make it them, I think that's better for you. So far, I mean, we've kind of been just talking about Twitter, which is the thing. I feel like In the music industry, I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't have a Twitter account. Yeah, it's definitely because you don't have a Twitter account. (laughs) Yeah, but I I don't know. That doesn't resonate with me quite as much. But I mean, you could do this on really any social media platform, I think. Oh, yeah. Instagram would work. I actually think maybe there could be more possibilities with some other platforms like Instagram. One thing that I thought was really interesting, this is kind of the variation on this idea that got me thinking that this could be really, really cool and new. And and that's connecting this idea to TikTok. I don't know exactly what the pricing for this would be. I could see maybe this being a more expensive option, but like having somebody who has a lot of followers on TikTok create a TikTok dance or something, some content to your music on TikTok and then have other people duet it. Yeah. Have the secondary influencers duet it. As long as long as the initial person is it's it has to fit their thing that they yeah, do. Yeah. And that's TikTok's an even more like stylized thing, I think, where if it doesn't fit what that person normally does, it's gonna come off as not genuine and somebody's gonna look at this and be like, Oh, this is like a sponsored thing. But I feel like that kind of idea number one, gets your actual music 
into the actual post so people don't have to go look for it. They can hear it. TikTok's great about that, being able to find out what the sound is and everything like that. So that part is even easier. And then on top of that, I feel like TikTok's more interactive sometimes, you know, like it ha- it's all about trends and repeating something that somebody else has done. So if somebody is doing a duet, duets, I think are like the prime example of that. Like you're literally doing the same thing that somebody else has done with a split screen of them doing it. And then that encourages other people to do the same thing. So I I feel like, I don't know, you have much more experience with TikTok than I do. Do you think that would be a viable option or something that would be able to kind of apply this idea? Yeah, yeah. The thing about TikTok is like it either flops so hard, (laughs) like you're like, like makes you consider having a mobile device hard or it blows up bigger than you could possibly imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it's just like, oh, why did this get 4,000 views? Like what? (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a weird platform that like, don't get me wrong. I do not pretend to understand how TikTok works. I don't have an account. I just kind of look through it and it's making me feel like a really old man to like talk (laughs) about, but just to like see what, like why it's a thing uh, and how it works. Because I do think that it could be, and it has shown to be a powerful tool for music promotion. Oh yeah. There've been many artists at this point who have really come out of TikTok. I don't know. We could think of loads of examples, I'm sure. There are whole genres now that have like, started on TikTok. I don't know of many people who are at least openly paying for posts on TikTok either. So I don't know what the market is really like there, but I'm sure that that's got to be a thing. There have been people who have migrated over to TikTok from YouTube or from Instagram where this kind of idea of paying for a post or something like that is just all over the place. So I'm sure there are people out there who are going to be willing to do that. Do you have any perspective on that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's possible definitely to cross between platforms. It's it's been done successfully, but I mean, you have to do it in in a way that works for or in a way that your demographic likes or your fan base likes. I mean, no matter what platform you're doing this on or what form it's in, I think that this is just a, a good way to think about using social media as a promotion and marketing tool, bringing this idea of social proof into it. And and ultimately, what you're trying to accomplish is mobilizing a new audience, getting somebody to see some piece of content, resonate with it in some way, whether that's because of the social proof or just on the content alone, and then actually go and do something because of it. They're going to either look you up They're going to listen to your music. They're going to retweet it or post about it themselves, do a duet or whatever it is on whatever platform. You're trying to get them to actually mobilize and do something. So that's kind of what you have to keep in the back of your mind when you're both choosing what content you're going to promote and also choosing who the influencers are and what platform you want to go with. So... I mean, I would be really interested to see what people can come up with that. I don't know that enough people are really looking into the idea of paying for social media 
content promotion. It's kind of one of those things that I think for a lot of artists, it seems a little weird or it seems a little sketchy or you don't want to put any money into that type of thing. And I understand that. But I think at the same time, it's worth experimenting with, especially for something where you could potentially get such big results with such a small amount of upfront investment. Yeah, it could be huge. Yeah. So if you want to hear us talk more about social media, marketing, promotion, and things like that, I mean, we'll learn along with you. If there's a topic you want to hear more about, you can send us an email at podcast at selfsignedartist.com. Let us know and we'll look into it and, and try to get you some more information on social media. And at the same time, we'll be trying to beef up our own social media as well. We, we have Instagram and Facebook for the podcast, but I'm always looking for ways to improve. So if there's anything that you've used successfully that you, you want to let us know about or let other people in the audience know about, you can go over to the Self-Signed community on Facebook and start up a conversation over there. So quickly, I would just like to talk to our new listeners for a second. Old listeners, you can uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening. All right, now that they're gone, what's up, guys? We just want to welcome you and say thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you so much. And all we ask of you is that if you could please leave us a written five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. The other guys already did it. That's why they left early. So next time, you guys can leave early as well. Just do the extra credit. We're, t- we're dragging this out now. So just go ahead and do that. <laughs> That's all we've got for you this week. <laughs> we'll catch you on the next episode of Self-Signed Artist. Peace. <laughs>